This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller along with Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a unique and fascinating place. Today, we'll start our road trip in Hattiesburg for the downtown holiday open house. Next, we'll move to the Mississippi State Capitol for the National Alliance on Mental Illness Mississippi Walk. After that, we'll head to the Mississippi Gulf Coast for the 33rd annual Celtic Music Fest and Highland Games. We'll end the show today with musical guest Matthew Bell of the Hub City Highlanders. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting for more information. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, here with my co-host, Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about people, places, and events all around the great state of Mississippi. Kamel, it is really good to have you back on the show. Yay, I am back. We missed you last week. I'm glad that you took some much-deserved time off. You uh, needed a little break from the grind, and you look especially fresh today, relaxed. Thank you. Thank you. I feel relaxed. I was taken by someone special to see Ed Sharon at the Superdome. Is that right? Yes, and (laughs) it was so great. Uh, I mean, he just sold it out. You couldn't believe forty to 60,000 people, and he rocked it. One man on stage with a guitar and a mic and a loop pedal. Incredible. Incredible. I cannot imagine um, the feeling of playing one of those stadium shows. Mm -hmm. That would just be overwhelming. Um, But, hey, people do it all the time. I've actually never been in the Superdome. That's on my my list for 2019. I'm already thinking about those New Year's resolutions. There you go. I don't know if it's a resolution to go to the Superdome, but it's on my list. Right, right. Well, I'm just glad to be back and glad to be back in the studio with you and our favorite MPB and our great listeners. That's right. That's right. Well, so good to have you back. And we've got a great show lined up for you today. We're traveling around the state, really doing a lot of different things today. We're going to talk about holiday open houses. That has begun, I'm sure, in your community. Um, You've seen uh, a little bit of the holiday decor going up around your local shops and local streets. So we'll uh, head to Hattiesburg and hear a little bit more about what they're doing in downtown. We're also going to talk about an important walk around mental illness awareness And um, last but not least, we're going to do a little bit of a focus on the Celtic Music Festival and Highland Games. We've got a guest here to talk about both the festival and also a guest to talk about the music because that's a big part of that event. So great show lined up for you today. And um, joining us on the line from Hub City is Andrea Saffel. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, how are you? Great, great. Andrea, you are director of Downtown Hattiesburg Association, and you are here to talk a little bit about your annual holiday open house. Hard to believe it's been a year. Uh, I think we had you on last year, and here we are again, back to um, square one with this great holiday open house. Oh, I can't I can't believe that it's already here. In my mind, it should still be September. Right. <laughs> that is the truth. It's blown by so fast. Now, Andrea, yeah, you've, got really a, excited. you've got a theme, uh, sip, stroll, and shop, uh, three great right. things to do this time of year. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. Okay. Well, um, most of my retailers downtown are hosting their holiday open houses this weekend. So we decided we would kind of put together kind of an umbrella promotion event to promote all of them, to try and get more people to come down and not just come for one particular business, but make, you know, visit all of them. So we do, we decided we'd do the sip and stroll and shop um, to kind of pr- help promote that and get people to go 
from one business to the next, you know, and, and check out all the cool stuff that they've got for the Christmas season. So um, the participating retailers um, that will have wine available um, along in the downtown area, you know, McKenzie's on Main, Bloom's, the Garden Shop, uh, and Walnut Square Gifts, all having wine available. We have a new downtown visitor center um, right on Front Street, so we'll be open to inviting people to come by and check us out and you know, realize that we're here. So we just thought it was a great opportunity um, to draw people back downtown yet again for another great weekend. So, Andrea, I love events like this where it just brings all that energy downtown and the businesses are open late and you feel like you're getting an exclusive VIP tour when you're going in when they exactly. should be closed. And it's just so much energy. You know, how important is this to, uh, you know, just getting the, the, you know, all of the spirit downtown for you guys? Well, I think it's really important. You know, we've got a lot of really unique gift shops in downtown. Um, and so and being able to walk around and, and really understand the feel of downtown, that it's walkable and that there are places to shop and places to eat. You know, we do a lot of events throughout the year that really focus on our restaurants. Um, but this is one of those great opportunities to really highlight our retail spaces that are here. So I think it's really important to do it. Um, yeah, there's activities in downtown pretty much every weekend. <laughs> I'm working every weekend between now and mid-December um, on some events that we've got going. So, um, But I think this is a great one that kind of kicks off the holiday season, gets people in the mood, and goodness gracious, we couldn't ask for more holiday-themed weather, right? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be cold. So um, one, one unique twist to this, you know, last year we did um, our combined our art walk in our holiday open house. Um, this year we, we separated it. We did our fall art walk in October. Um, but in doing so, we had, last fall, we had a wedding in the street um, for holiday or for the fall, uh, oh my goodness, for the spring art walk. That's what I was thinking. So I had somebody call me this year again and said, hey, that was so cool. We went to that. We just got engaged, and we want to do it, too. So we're going to have a, a wedding in the street wow. for the uh, Holiday Open House. <laughs> it's kind of like the new trend. I tell you, if, if downtown Hattiesburg has one unique cottage in this industry, it's got to be weddings. Is you that know, we've right? We've got some great hmm. wedding venues. Yes, it, it, it's really cool. We've got, we've got a lot of the really cool wedding venues but it's also it's got this is where all the photographers want to come to shoot weddings so Mm. um so having a wedding in the street i I just think it's so cool you know we've got a great new bridal shop that is uh that is open bliss bridal right on main street and so i just think it's neat i think it's it's a neat connection that's very (laughs) cool I've, i've actually seen a lot of wedding photos from your depot your historic depot in downtown hattiesburg so yes. now i'm connecting the dots that's really cool and yep. i would imagine a wedding in the street might be a little more affordable than a wedding in like a <laughs> high-end venue <laughs> maybe i'm making a big assumption there is that a big, big assumption i actually want to know <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the one that we did in the spring, it was funny because you know, people came out that were coming out for the art walk anyway, but we seemed to draw more people just to come and check out the uniqueness of a wedding in the street. Yeah. So, and, and the couples that are, that are kind of doing this are, you know, they're looking for a way to engage the, the, the downtowners, you know, mm. so they want, they want to kind of envelop their circle. You know, yeah, it's kind community. of like the downtown so version of a backyard wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. That's exactly. a good way to put so. it. That's great. Now, Andrea, you so, did um, you did mention that you've opened a downtown visitor center on Front Street. Let's talk a little bit yes. about your inspiration for having you know a shingle uh, in in for in the form of a visitor center. Well, you know, we um, the our Main Street office has always been housed in the cultural center, pretty much I think since it started in the late. Uh, late 90s but um, last year when we started looking at our goals and where we really want to take the program we felt like we really needed a a storefront location a place where people could come because that was one of the things when people come when tourists come to downtown 
where do they go to find out where to go? You know, they may be coming for a specific exhibit or uh, have taken the train or something, but wanted a more visible presence. So, um, so we we got we worked with Rob Tatum um, in the Hub City Lofts, and we have this fantastic space. So, we we want to have you know, for the beginning of next year, we're looking for having more of a retail space and we're working very closely with uh, Hattiesburg Tourism Office um, to to partner and to be able to carry some of the visit Hattiesburg merchandise but then also having some of our own downtown merchandise so people can have some collectibles too when they come to visit so very nice. Well, you guys have done a great job of really branding Hub City. I mean, before you even really get into town mm-hmm. coming up 49, you you know you're there. There's a lot of signage and great design. So I can see where that uh, would be a, a hot commodity in downtown for visitors. Now, Andrea, we um, your event is Saturday, November 10th from 3 to 7 p.m. As you mentioned, many of your retailers will be open offering uh, beverages and snacks for shoppers. Are there any other details? details or special guests you want to let us know about? Well, absolutely. We've got a, a, a lot of our uh, different shops. We've even got Oddfellows Gallery is open. They've got, they're opening an exhibit today with Robert Williams, the Raw Edges. Um, so they've got the opening reception tonight, but they'll be open tomorrow as well. Um, and they'll, they'll be on the Sip and Stroll tour. Um, most of the retailers that are participating, they're all listed on our Facebook page. If you just go to... Uh, downtown Hattiesburg on Facebook. You'll find our page. Go to the event, the Holiday Open House, and it'll list all the different merchants that are participating and who's got special offers and that type of thing. So I'm trying to get all of the information in one place. But great discounts, some really beautiful Christmas decorations and and things for your home, and unique gifts as well. Now, will will Chris Kringle be in in attendance? um, I Right now, I do not have Santa coming, but you never know who might make a surprise appearance. All right. (laughs) The magic of the season is upon us. Well, thank you, Andrea. Wonderful to have you back on the show. Andrea Saffel, Director of Downtown Hattiesburg Association. Lots of really great things happening in Hattiesburg and a wonderful excuse to get over to the Hub City. It's time for us to take our first break, but when we get back, we're heading to the Mississippi State Capitol for the National Alliance on Mental Illness Mississippi Walk. Don't go far. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. I'm Robert Krilwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Mississippi Today, here with my friend Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. 
Before the break, we spoke with Andrea Saffel about Hattiesburg's holiday open house taking place downtown this Saturday from 3 to 7 p.m. Lots of great things happening in downtown Hattiesburg. Wonderful shopping, wonderful food, Mm -hmm. and lots of hospitality. Yes, indeed. Now, we've got a great show for you today. We're traveling around the state letting you know about things happening in communities across the state of Mississippi. We do want to hear from you, so do give us a call and let us know about what's happening in your own backyard. Maybe you're headed to a holiday open house this weekend, and you want to tell us a little bit about it. You can give us a call at 1-877-672-7464. That's 1-877-MPB-RING. So give us a call and let us know what's happening in your hometown. Now, I do want to mention before we move into our next guest that next week on Thursday, November 15th, Mississippi Today will be in Clarksdale at Crossroads Cultural Arts Center. We're hosting one of our public newsrooms where we're inviting the community to come out, engage with reporters, and discuss with us the um, the Critical Teacher Shortage Act. This is the act um, enabled in 1998 that really addresses teacher shortages mm. in, in uh, underserved districts. So we want to talk a little bit about teacher shortage today in the Mississippi Delta. So we hope you'll come out, meet some of our reporters, and have a great open discussion about that. That takes place from 6 to 8 p.m., at the Crossroads Cultural Arts Center in Clarksdale, Thursday, November 15th. That is such a charged subject right there. It is, yeah, absolutely. And and we want to hear from uh, from readers, from folks who have um, kids in the schools, who maybe work in the schools, and really mm-hmm. know more about how this affects people on the day-to-day. Yes, indeed. All right, glad to um, have joining us from the National Alliance on Mental Illness Mississippi, Satanial Wembley. Hi, Satanial, how are you? I'm great, and you? We're great. Thank you for making time to be with us today. This is a big weekend for you guys at the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And we want to talk all about your event taking place this Saturday at the Mississippi State Capitol. But before we get into that, we want to hear a little bit more about National Alliance on Mental Illness, the Mississippi chapter. Can you talk a little bit about the work you do? Yes, we're a um, nonprofit organization, nonprofit grassroots organization. And what we do is provide support for people who are living with the mental illness, as well as family members who are supporting the individuals that live with the mental illness. And it's really important because the support helps to facilitate recovery. And overall, that's what we're reaching for, for people who live with the mental illness to know that they can recover and that we offer support to continue them on their journey of recovery. Well, Satanial, I'm really glad to have you on the show today because mental illness and awareness around it and um, being proactive about mental illness in our country is paramount. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think we've ever uh, seen it at this level, and I know your organization's been at this work for many years, but I did read on your website today that one in four adults experiences uh, mental illness, one in four American adults. And one in 17 lives with a very serious mental illness, yet at the same time, 60% of American adults don't get treatment. And that is double for African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans. I mean, that's that's a crisis-type numbers. Yeah, kind of talk about the, the stigmas that go with mental illness, and especially in, you know, the urban communities and uh, the, you know, African-American and Latino communities. Yeah. It's definitely a huge issue because a lot of times the people who are actually diagnosed, many of them are not from those communities. So therefore, those numbers are extremely skewed because you don't know who's living in silence. Our communities believe in um, sometimes pray it away. And that's a good Mm -hmm. idea. But at the same time, we still need that support and we still need someone to see a professional to make sure that that is all they need to get on the right path. And with the things like walks and different classes that we do and just being open to talk about it in the community, it helps to break down the stigma and to make sure that everyone knows that everyone lives with mental health. But mental illness, is it's okay to talk about that. A lot of times people feel like, oh, no, we don't want to talk about that. That's just something that we kind of close the door on. And it's really important because without mental health, you have no health. If you get in a car wreck and you're completely brain dead, they have to let you go. If your body is not working, you're paralyzed, but you can live on. So your brain is the most important part of your body. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I appreciate you talking about the pray it away sort of mentality mm-hmm. of a lot of uh, Mississippians and a lot of Americans um, certainly subscribe to that. And a lot of the older generation, you know, says yeah. tough up, you know. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, take it in, keep on moving, stay busy. Um, and, you know, all, I, I respect that. Yeah. But uh, we do have a lot of resources, particularly um, with Wonderful nonprofit organizations like yours um, helping to eliminate stigma, educate, and advocate for research and treatment. And as you mentioned, um, this uh, Mississippi Walk, the 16th anniversary, I believe, is one of the big ways that you do that. So let's talk a little bit about tomorrow's walk and um, and sort of the motivation around organizing this event. Well, this year is unique. Mississippi is the first state that's had the ability to actually have more than one walk because we're so spread out and our affiliates are all over the state. We actually have six active affiliates. So this year we started walks all over the state. We started in the Gulf Coast. We moved on to Hattiesburg. And then last weekend we did Meridian and we're going to finish up with the final walk in Jackson at the Mississippi State Capitol. And the great thing about this walk is we're honoring our first responders And the reason we're doing that, because a lot of times when there's an issue going on, they're the first person to get to the person. And many of them have gone through mental health first aid training in order to become more aware of what it looks like when a person is going through a mental health crisis. So those people are influential, and those people make a huge difference. And we will have um, Mr. Jim Pollard to speak to us tomorrow at the State Walk and tell us a little bit about his journey and how mental health has affected him in his career as a first responder. And then we'll also have a wonderful group of young adults that work with Infusion Metro. They will be hosting our Kids Corner, and they'll be doing different activities. They're young adults, and they've come up with these activities themselves. Um, Last year, I know it was awesome. They did face painting. They had... um, different characters that the young adults were dressed as. They did um, arts and crafts, just anything that you can think of that they would deem fun, they brought it to the walk. We also do Zumba as a warm-up. We have a DJ at the Capitol. It's kind of like a mental health block party. So we come out, we have a good time, and we celebrate mental health and recovery and letting everyone know that it is okay to live with with the mental illness. And it's okay to be in recovery from a mental illness. So the walk tomorrow is at the Mississippi State Capitol, as you said. And check-in time is at 8 o'clock, and we will be out there DJ going and getting ready to move around the state of, around the city of Jackson. Now, we know that this walk is, you know, really one of the largest and most successful awareness and fundraising event, you know, in the country uh, for you guys. And with you having family-friendly entertainment and Kids Corner and a wonderful 5K walk, I mean, that is excellent. But tell us about some of the work uh, that National Alliance on Mental Illness Mississippi does day-to-day to penetrate the community and bring awareness to mental illness. Um, you will see many of our flyers and things of that nature around the community and on social media. On our social media platform, we continue to send out statistics to make sure people understand mental health a little bit better, to break down the stigma, because stigma, breaking down stigma comes with understanding. And that's something that we try to strive to do on our social media outlet. NAMI Mississippi actually offers classes, which are family to family and, um, peer-to-peer. Those classes teach people how to be in recovery. Those classes are free to the community, and all we ask is that you register and come out and get the good information that's being given. And then we offer support groups around the state, and those support groups are led by peers, people who live with a mental illness, or either a family member who's supporting someone with a mental illness. And anyone can come to the classes. They are, All the classes are listed on the NAMI website, and there's no charge for that. And by it being peer-led, there is no judgment there. You can come in and kind of understand what others are going through and sometimes help yourself to understand what you're going through so that you can have support to get you through the difficult times so that you can come out on the brighter side of the illness. That's great. I think that community approach is so important. Um, we all need that, uh, no matter what we may be struggling with. 
So I appreciate that work that NAMI is doing and what you guys are putting into this day to day. I I know it's it is hard, hard work. Well, you guys are going to have a sunny day tomorrow. It will be chilly. So I'm sure people will come bundled up, but nothing like getting your blood moving uh, to warm you up on a cold morning. So, uh, Sataniel, thanks for making time to join us uh, for Next Stop Mississippi. Anytime, and thank you all for calling. All right, we're going to take another quick break, but stick around. When we get back, we'll speak with Ray Goss about the Celtic Music Festival and Highland Games. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting for more information. I'm Robin Young. Some votes are still being counted from this week's midterms. Jeff Sessions is fired. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is hospitalized. And there's another mass shooting. I just heard you know, 18 to 20 rounds at a time, that's all I heard before I got out. Our political roundtable convenes to look at another incredible week in the news. Next time, here and now. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, along with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. Before the break, we spoke with Satanial Wembley about the National Alliance on Mental Illness Mississippi Walk. Now we are excited to have joining us on the show from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, Ray Goss with the 33rd Annual Celtic Music Festival and Highland Games. Hi, Ray. Hi. Good to have you on the show. I know you're getting geared up for a really fun weekend of music, games, and a lot more of Celtic culture. Let's talk a little bit about the history of your organization, the Highlands and Islands Association of Mississippi. All right. Well, as you said, we started about 33 years ago just to promote Scottish and, in general, Celtic culture. We've been hosting these games pretty much ever since. Uh, We had a couple of hiccup years, like Katrina obviously set us back a little bit. But aside from that, we try to put these on every year, enjoy people coming out, and trying to share our heritage with everybody. Now, Ray, tell us, uh, for the listeners that don't know, because people have no idea just really how diverse Mississippi is and how many cultures we have mixed within our, our communities. Tell us about, you know, how deep the Celtic and Scottish community is in Mississippi. We're a fairly Celtic state, not as much as some of the other ones along the East Coast, but we do have a fairly large presence here. We've got uh, Highlands and Islands, our organization here on the coast. Uh, there's also up around Jackson, the Celtic Festival, which is in March, also so- celebrating similar culture, similar aspects. And all throughout the area, both here in Mississippi as well as our neighbors in Louisiana and Alabama, we've got a pretty large but diverse culture here. Now, Ray, one thing that I find interesting about your event as compared to the one in Jackson, um, uh, the Jackson uh, Celtic Music Festival is is very music-centric. There's a lot of different music, a lot of stages. There are other activities taking place, but very music-centric. You guys give a, a big focus to sort of the athleticism of your Celtic heritage. Let's talk about that. So, yes, that is one thing that differentiates us from Celtic Fest is we are a Scottish Highland Games as well. And with that, we do try to promote the athletic side of it. The athletics of Celtic culture is actually based on warfare training. For a long time, 
Scots weren't able to openly practice warfare because the English didn't want them able to rise up. So instead of that, they learned to throw stones. They learned to toss cavers, those big telephone pole-looking logs. Oh. And these other things to help keep their strength up and get the right same movements you would use for fighting. Very wow. interesting. I mm. had no idea that that was the history behind this. So um, uh, let's talk about some of the, the games you will be hosting. What are some of the competitions? I believe they take place on Sunday, uh, November 11th from 9 to 4. Is, is that correct? Uh, that's correct. Uh, we'll be hosting a whole slew of Scottish events. Uh, as I mentioned, the Caber Toss, which is the one most people think of. That's where you see big guys and gals throwing what looks like a giant log up into the air. Uh, we're also going to do a sheaf toss where they take a, essentially a bale of hay and try to throw it over a progressively higher raised pole, kind of like a pole jump, but instead of a person, you're tossing a bale of hay. Uh, we've also got the hammer toss where they take a large weight on the end of a stick, they spin it around and throw it. Trying to go for distance. Mm. Where, also, do you, a stone where do you toss, put the audience very... for that one? I mean, are people behind the? <laughs> you just don't know where to stand. We, we do. Our uh, Jason, our athletic coordinator, is very, very diligent on safety. He does not tolerate any any goofing around. This is a very serious thing, as this can get kind of dangerous. So, audience safety is very, very key. We do put them a decent distance off for safety, and they definitely try to throw the opposite direction. Now, you guys have archery demos and jousting and reenacting also? Uh, yes, we'll be doing some archery demonstrations from a local 4-H club. Uh, we have a troop of jousters coming down to do some performances throughout the weekend, and we've also got various historical reenactments from organizations like the SCA and the Normans of uh, northern France. And I know, as you mentioned, there is a strong community within Mississippi of, of Celtic enthusiasts, also really in the region of the southeast. So talk a little bit about who comes out for this and what sort of crowds you're expecting. Uh, a lot of people come out just because it's something so radically different than what you normally see in Mississippi, especially here on the Gulf Coast. So we expect a lot of people. Uh, last year, we estimated around 5,000 people came in attendance over the course of the weekend. So we're hoping to have similar or better numbers this go around. Now, uh, Ray, when I look at your website, one of the sort of larger featured images on the site is that of a Highland cow. And I, I need you to talk about the connection there, what that's really um, – <laughs> tell me, tell us about the Highland cow. It's a, it's a really crazy-looking animal. So that's a unique thing about cows from Scotland is they are very woolly and fuzzy. Mm. And we always try to pick kind of a central image to kind of theme for every year. And this year we went with the Highland Coup. Wow. Now, how about the uh, unicorn rides? Did you guys happen to Ooh. catch a unicorn out in the woods? <laughs> I believe somebody did. A funny thing about unicorns is they are actually the national animal of Scotland. Oh, my goodness. Mm. No joke. Legitimate fact. A majestic animal is the national animal. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, we have talked a lot about the uh, the athletic games that are part of this great weekend, but you've got a lot of other events happening, some great music, some great food. Uh, Ray, tell us a little bit more about what you can do besides taking these really unique, sort of interesting uh, feats of strength. So the other big part of our festival is the Celtic music. So we do have a lot of big-name bands. Uh, this year we're able to bring in Seven Nations, which is one of the larger internationally touring Celtic bands around here. They are mostly located in the States, but they do travel all over the world. Uh, we also have a couple other performers, uh, Highland Rain coming in, uh, some local people like Cracker Dan out of just north of Mobile. We've also got an old friend of the organization, Red McWilliams. He specializes in Celtic music as well. And, of course, it can't be a Scottish festival without bagpipes. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of pipe bands coming down. Uh, of note, I'd like to talk about the Hub City Highlanders out of Hattiesburg. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have them on the show in just a little bit. So please get uh, wet our appetite. 
and the appetite of the Celtic <laughs> foods. What kind of Celtic foods are there? So we're going to have uh, we have a whole bunch of vendors available for that. We're going to have things like Celtic meat pies. We're going to have some what we call Scotch eggs, which are really pretty fantastic. It's a hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage and then deep-fried. Oh, boy. <laughs> and as well as some more traditional fare, uh, along with the Highland Cal theme, we also have Oz Highland Burgers. They specialize in serving burgers and other dishes made from some of the less fortunate fuzzy cows. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right. Now, yeah. um, and as as we talk about Celtic music, it's really hard to separate that from traditional dance. So do you have much of that happening as part of your programming this year? Uh, yes, we will have uh, some Irish dancers down, the Macrossan School of Irish Dance. They're actually located locally here in Ocean Springs. And we'll also... So she'll be doing some exhibitions and also a workshop on to kind of let the audience come in and participate. Now, that's great. Now, Ray, we've talked about a lot of stuff. You've covered a lot of ground. But as it comes to the annual Celtic Music Festival and Highland Games, I mean, what really gets you excited about this weekend? Is there a particular element of the festival? Uh, is there someone you're always happy to see? What, what do you get excited about? Why do you keep doing this year after year? Honestly, it's hard to put it down to a single thing. I just love every aspect of it. I would say the music is probably my favorite just because the nice thing about it is no matter where you're at, you can hear something. You don't have to be in any one spot to see it. You just kind of walk around and hear it wherever you go. But again, it's the whole the whole atmosphere. It's the whole event. It's what got me into this organization, and it's what's helped me keep moving it on forward as we've gone forward. Now, for you personally, are you involved in reenactments and in, in jousting? Are you involved in any of the Highland Games? No, unfortunately, I just uh, help put the thing on and get everything organized. But I do uh, occasionally play the pipes. Uh, my wife as well does, too. That's actually how we met. Oh, wow. That's nice. Nice. Now, there is a, let me pronounce it right. Is it Kaylee, a Kaylee after party? Uh, that's correct. After we close at five, we'll shut down for a little bit just to get everything rearranged. And at six, we will hold a, what's called a Kaylee. And yes, it's just a Scottish after party. Let people come in, listen to music. Anyone who wants to come, if you can play an instrument and get in front of a mic, you're welcome to step up and have some fun. Sounds like that's when you put the kitties to bed and it turns up. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So, uh, and you mean it's 6 p.m. on Saturday, November 10th is when you have your Kaylee after party. That's correct. That's correct. Thank you. All right. Great. Great. All right, Ray, we've covered a lot of ground, lots of information to share. Tell our listeners where they can go to really take it all in, make some notes and make some plans. Okay, we're up at the Harrison County Fairgrounds on the north side of Gulfport on County Farm Road. All right, thank you so much for joining us today. The website is mshighlandsandislands.org. You can check out that website for a full schedule for both Saturday and Sunday's activities. Lots to take in, um, lots of fun. Such a unique event. Thanks so much for joining us, Ray. Thank you for having me. All right, time for our final break. When we return, we'll wrap up the show with our musical guest, Matthew Bell of Hub City Highlanders. Don't go far. You don't want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi.
Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. My last play as an NFL player was probably the worst concussion I ever had. Blows, jolts, or hits to the head while playing put Mississippians at risk for concussions and brain injuries. She's been hit so many times in soccer just to see her go down like that. But some healthcare experts say more hits could mean more damage. I tell my patient it's not adding, it's multiplying when you have more than one concussion. Concussion, a game changer, a two-part series premiering November 16th at 7.30 p.m. on MPB television. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, along with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. We've had a lot of fun today. We've been really all over the state talking to folks about what's happening around Mississippi this weekend. It's about to get busy again. We had a little mm-hmm. bit of a break, but uh, as festival season winds up, holiday season begins, yep. we've got a really special show planned for you uh, coming up around the Thanksgiving break where we're going to feature small town businesses, Shop Small Saturday. We like to do a special show featuring local merchants and how to shop local this holiday mm-hmm. season. So you can just um, put your Amazon password away. <laughs> Please. <laughs> because there's lots of great uh, great gifts right in your hometown. So looking forward to putting that show together and bringing that to you the Friday after Thanksgiving, which, hey, it's just around the corner. It is hard to the believe. The Friday after Thanksgiving. I may not be here. I will be Black Friday shopping. Do you get out in that crazy mess? Camille, you know me well enough to know that I, I don't have the um, the strength for Black Friday shopping. <laughs> right, right. But I do, I do say, like, you know, uh, the extreme couponers, people mm-hmm. who really understand how to find the discounts. I mean, it really, Black Friday brings a lot of people a lot of joy. It sounds stressful to me. It sounds like I might need to call the Mental Illness Alliance after I did Black <laughs> right, Friday. Right. Um, but hey, you know, if you yeah. can get the latest toy, like five for one, why not? Well, look, I don't traditionally get out in that stuff. But I missed some gifts for my daughter last year, and it completely sold out to, like, the day before Christmas. So I think I'm going to get out in it a little bit. Uh, But it's just crazy. It does bring out, like, the holiday joy and, you know, all all of the charisma of the holiday season. Then it brings out the worst in people, too. (laughs) Like, you spend the whole rest of a couple of days watching videos of fights all over the country from Black Friday sales, like, Come on, people. I know, right? Where are your priorities? I I did see someone post on social media this week saying something like, if you can wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to line up at big box store Mm -hmm. number 12, then you can show up for the special election runoff on November 27th. Thank you. So I do hope people will remember in the midst of the holiday madness that, um, you know, we have another election day coming up. Yes, right. And, um, you know, don't miss out because you've got your head buried on the... on the Black Friday deals. But as a side note, like you said, from big box stores to small town USA and shopping locally, what's great is even though there are these gigantic companies, people are really going back to small town USA and local shopping and, you know, supporting your local vendors and shops and stuff like that. So I really see that happening all over the nation. Absolutely. That that element of craft, that element mm-hmm. of knowledge and uh, an expert on whether you're buying a, a nice piece of jewelry or yeah. a great new coat or shoes, whatever it could be. Um, it's good to talk with somebody who knows what they're doing rather than just like blindly wandering Most through certainly. the store, which I've done plenty of times. Mm-hmm. All right. Without further ado, we are excited to welcome you into our music segment, the final segment of the show. Matthew Bell oh. is here with us from the Hub City oh. Highlanders. Hi, Matthew. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. Well, we are so pleased to have you. Such a unique band that um, you're bringing uh, to the Highland Games uh, this coming weekend. I know you keep a busy schedule, but I'm going to let you talk a little bit about yourself and about the Hub City Highlanders. You're a pipe band based in Hattiesburg, but tell us a little bit of how you got started. Oh, this is a long story. So uh, I was a music major in college, and I played saxophone and 
uh, when I graduated and come to USM, I completely flipped and got into computer engineering. But after a while, I really wanted to get back into music. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, the Highland Games that we're fixing to go to on the coast was the very first games I ever visited. My older brother said, come on, let's go to the Scottish Games. Our last name is Bell, which is Scottish, and there'll probably be clans down there. And I said, those people are crazy. I'm not going down there. Well, I did go down there, and when I heard the mass pipe and drum come in, I was absolutely captivated and hypnotized. It was just so unique. I come from a concert world uh, where we have these, you know, finely tuned instruments, saxophones and pianos and stuff like this, and that, that none of what I heard was like that at all. Mm. Um, but it was mm. great, and I really enjoyed it. And I couldn't find an instructor here, and I ended up. Uh, find an instructor to teach me um, over a speakerphone, believe it or not. Wow. And um, so I learned to play the bagpipes over a speakerphone, and uh, I ended up starting to compete. Um, and I went all the way up into Canada and competed. Me and my good friend Stephen Giles, we both competed around the area and did very well. And um, in all these other places that I went, and I saw a very strong Scottish culture, I really wanted to bring that back here to Mississippi. Um, so we started a pipe band originally as a high school pipe band. And uh, we were the only high school pipe band between uh, Houston, Texas, and Dunedin, Florida. And we did very well, but we just found there was more interest from the community, from other people. Uh, and so we switched over to a community band, and uh, I've been very pleased. We welcome anybody of any age to come in. It doesn't cost anything to join. And we have uh, families usually that come in. I have a homeschool family. I have uh, a family from Pedal. I have uh, another family that's um, uh, brothers. And uh, my own children play. And um, so we have all ages, uh, all sizes. Uh, we're open to anybody. We have pipes and drums. I teach everybody. We augment a lot of the drumming instruction with some uh, Skype instruction from some people that know a whole lot better about drumming than I do. Um, but we actually meet in a classroom setting, so it's, it's very instructional. Uh, it's an after-school thing, but we also have classes even later for the adults, you know, that have to work. <laughs> And um, so, but it's a lot of fun. We perform uh, everywhere from Baton Rouge to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we routinely perform for the University of Alabama's graduation ceremony in Birmingham. And uh, so we stay very busy. And uh, normally, as the saying goes, you have to pay the piper. Traditionally and normally, the pipe band gets paid to perform. And at the end of the school year, uh, we take all our earnings and we take a vacation. So we'll go to Six Flags or Universal Studios or somewhere like that. So it's a, a big dangling carrot I can use to make sure that everybody keeps coming back. <laughs> That's, That's right. fine. We'll work for roller coasters. <laughs> That's I, it. I That's appreciate it. that. Now, a community band is a concept I'm not really familiar with. So I guess what you're saying is, like, you don't just have, like, five people in the band. You can have as many as 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 possible. As they come out. That's right. So we, we started our pipe band the same time that – Another pipe band started in North Carolina um, called Waken District, and right now they actually have um, three three different pipe bands of different grades. They all compete, and um, we weren't so lucky. Our, our seed didn't fall into a place that fertilized it as much, um, so we're still, right now we have uh, six pipers, a couple of bass drummers, um, four tenor drummers, which all flourish, and then have three snare drummers. Um, but we're always looking for more, and um, we actually just this morning got through playing for a Veterans Day ceremony at Dixie Attendance Center where we normally practice, and uh, we're always looking for more. And I find that a lot of people that are out there who used to play uh, drums in high school or in college or have always been interested in any of this, um, once they graduate you know, college and they've played in a band all this time, well, then what do they do? Well, we're very open to those type of people coming in. Uh, we have a very active schedule where we go out and perform regularly, and uh, we try to hold ourselves to a high standard, and we're very excited to go and play this weekend for the Highlands and Islands because we've been down there a long time, and like I say, that, that place holds a special heart for me. And Ray forgot to mention that I actually introduced him to his current wife. So. Oh, man. That means you get an invite every year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I got props. There you go. Now, um, I would imagine most people would associate um, pipe music and this drum music with traditional tunes. But in my notes, I see that you have contemporary songs as well. So can you talk a little bit about the actual music that you're playing? Sure, yeah. A big part of our lineup is traditional tunes. It's just like uh, any other genre. If you think of a police officer, you immediately think of somebody in that uniform or a firefighter. 
when they think of bagpipes, they very much think of traditional tunes, which is Scott and the Brave and all these military-type tunes, and we do play those. Um, but at the same time, we've arranged uh, a gospel medley set that we play in churches for love offerings and stuff like that. We also have a Christmas medley set. We play Line Sleeps Tonight. Uh, we play a lot of non-traditional tunes to keep it very entertaining. We have a classical set that we play of some classical tunes, and it's very uh, different than what most people uh, think that they're fixing to hear. And in our travels, we find that um, most people enjoy good bagpiping uh, or, or a pipe band per se, but a lot of them, even though they've been listening for a long time, they really don't understand how it works or what the tunes mean or why they're playing and why they're playing in such a way. And so whenever we uh, perform, I always take a, a moment out to kind of explain all these things and show them how everything works and explain to them why the drums are doing what they're doing while we're playing. And, uh, and it helps to educate people as well. I love that, that you get a little context with your concert. That's really great. Now, is the bagpipe a difficult instrument to learn? That was going to be my question, yeah. Oh, um, that's a trick question. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's a learned craft like anything else, like sewing or, or anything. Uh, it's a learned craft. I have a 13-year-old girl that plays, and I know some grandmothers and grandfathers that play. Um, I have uh, a family, the Holyfields from Pedal, that have come in. It's a father and three sons. They're all learning and the main thing that I would say is definitely get proper instruction, but basically you have a uh, four clarinets going at the same time is basically what you have. You have three drones over your shoulder. You have a channer in front, and they're all connected to a common bag, which is your air reservoir. And so you fill up the bag, you strike uh, the bag, which gets the drone started. You inflate the bag as much as you can and tuck it under your arm. And when you squeeze a little harder, the melody pipe in the front called the chanter, it plays the melody. And so that's that's a reader's digest condensed version of what to do. But all of that just takes a long time. It's a, a physical coordinated uh, effort because while you're doing all this, your instruments warming up. All of them may not be exactly in tune. You're having to actually play. It's one of the few instruments where you're not your mouth and actually own the part that's making uh, the music. You know, brass instruments, reed instruments, they're all putting something in their mouth. Well, we just put a blowpipe in our mouth. We're not actually touching the reed. And as a matter of fact, when most pipers get started, um, they start on what's called a practice chanter. It's kind of like a recorder. And you learn all of your fingerings on there and all of your embellishments uh, and some simple tunes so that by the time you get your pipes, you already understand the mechanics of moving your fingers. You can concentrate more on the physical part because when a bagpipe plays, it produces a nonstop stream of music. And so we have to separate our notes with all these little bleeps and bloops, all these little embellishments. And that's really what makes Bagpipe music, it's not bagpipe music, and that's what people really like. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, I can barely chew gum and walk, so I know I'd be I'd suck. That's what I mean. <laughs> no, that's great. Now, Matthew, um, your group, oh, wow, there you are. <laughs> All right. Matthew Bell, your group, Hub City Highlanders, will be participating this weekend, performing at the Celtic Music Festival in Highland Games at the Harrison County Fairgrounds. Uh, tell people what time you're performing and uh, where they can go to learn more about your group. Oh, you know what the schedule is on the mshighlandshighlands.org website. We, the Florida bands that were supposed to come in and join us got hit by Hurricane Michael, mm. and that's kind of uh, set them out a little bit. So we're going to be filling in for them where we need to. Uh, we'll be over the mass bands, which should be straight up at noon. We'll also be doing the Kirk and the Tartan on Sunday. So the schedule's on there. Uh, so, and, and, uh, our times, I think at 10 o'clock we'll be playing on stage. Uh, definitely. Uh, but anybody that, that hears us on the radio, please come out. We're a super friendly group, very family friendly. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and answer some questions or if you're interested in joining us or having us come out All and play right. at your place. Thank please you. Come and check us Thank out. you, Matthew. It's been a great show. Thank you. Our listeners for joining us on next 